you guys. Today on the podcast, we've got Michael Atkinson. Michael is currently a sports reporter for Stan Sport and Channel 9. He's formerly been the general manager of the Reds. I hope you guys enjoy this special podcast with Michael, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. Good to be on here. I've watched a couple episodes, so um, it's nice to join the list. Thank you. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, that changed a lot, mate. Um, I reckon when I was a kid, um, uh, probably first thing that I can remember was a footy player. I was a mad Broncos fan as a kid. Um, I probably wanted to be a footy player for a long time. And then I think I changed to a doctor for a while. I wanted to be a doctor for a fair while. And then um, I wanted to be a sports journo. Um, just right at the end of high school is when I started latching onto that idea. And it, it took me a while to actually end up here. I didn't go straight into chasing that dream. It took me um, probably another 10 years before ending up back doing what I'm doing now as a sports journo. But um, yeah, it changed a bit, mate. It sort of, um, it moved from one thing to the other, depending on uh, what I was into, I reckon. Yeah, fair enough. How would your oldest friend describe you? Um, uh, my oldest friend, I think in his wedding speech, he described me as um, over-opinionated and under, under-educated. <laughs> so <laughs> we've always, uh, we get along very well, but we love disagreeing about things. So I've always been someone who's been fairly strong with opinion, mates. Um, so the people who know me best, or they might love me, they'd probably say I'm a very opinionated person. Fair enough. What are you most proud of in your life at the moment? Uh, be my family, mate. Um, a wife and three kids who I absolutely adore. Three little boys. Um, you know, they're, they're just a lot of my life, mate. So that's absolutely the thing I'm most proud of and uh, probably always will be the thing I'm most proud of. But second to that, mate, I'm, pr- I'm pretty proud of my career. I, um, as I said before, it took me a little while to to get here um, and by that I mean I just did a lot of other things first before giving it a crack and I'm pretty happy with how I've gone so far. Yeah nice. How do you handle hard times like getting knocked back from a job or just like new yeah? Uh, those sort of challenges um, man I'm just a pretty persistent person um, you know if I if I hit a roadblock somewhere I try really hard not to um, let it get me down um, or, or discourage me. And I mean, that happens sometimes. It's, it's hard not to feel a bit deflated by those sort of things. Um, but I try really hard not to like kick stones and, and whinge or complain, even though I might have some negative thoughts. I try to keep them to myself um, or those very close to me because I think it's a little bit important to, to vent, um, but only to those really close to me. Um, but, man, I just see it as an opportunity to find another way, I guess. Uh, and that's kind of the way I've approached a lot of things, particularly in my career. If I get a, um, a little bit of a setback, I try to sort of recalibrate and say, well, say to myself, you know, right, well, I'll just, I'll keep working hard and I'll get another shot and I'll ask again and then maybe it'll be a different answer. Yeah, that's good. What was it like being the team manager of the Reds? Oh, um, challenging. That was a really tough gig. Um, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I had a, um, an absolute ball. I was young in terms of managers at the time. I was 20, 
24 when I got the job. So I was sort of 24, 25, 26. So a lot of the players were my age or older. Um, and while I wasn't in charge of like pulling them into line or anything like that, um, at times, you know, I had to ask them to do things they weren't that keen on or um, that sort of thing. And, and that was tough um, in that environment. And it was a lot of work and there was a lot of, um, you know, responsibility in that role because you're sort of in charge of making sure everything outside of football runs smoothly. And in those sort of environments when, um, you know, things outside of training and playing, the actual um, physical stuff is when those things you're responsible for aren't that smooth, then it, it can give the team a reason to feel like there's other things as to why they're not doing well. So, mate, it was really challenging. Um, I really enjoyed it, um, but I don't know if I'd do it again. <laughs> how, how long did you do that for? Three years? Um, two seasons. Two so seasons. I took over at the back end of, uh, or not the, not the back end of the season, but I got the job in late 2012. So sort of that pre-season. Um, and then, so I had the 2013 season and 2014. So I had like all those guys there who'd won the competition, um, you know, like James Hall, Will Genia, Quade Cooper, um, Luke Morahan, I know you've had on before, lovely yep. bloke. Um, yeah, all, all of those guys have been there. The Fayingas, they were still there. And I had Ewan McKenzie was the coach in my first year. And then he left to go and take on the Wallabies. And I had Richard Graham um, as the head coach in the second year. Yeah, that's good. What's the best trip you've been on to watch a sport from being in like a job with nine news sort of thing, like going around the world? Um, with work, uh, that's a tough one. Um, with work, it's in terms of what I do and what we cover, it's pretty hard to beat origin, um, state of origin, just because it's so massive. Um, and even uh, in 2020, you know, when we were all affected by COVID initially, um, I got to go to game three, which was at Suncorp. So it wasn't really a trip, but that was, I think, the first event, maybe even around the world um, post-COVID that had allowed 100% capacity. And Queensland obviously were huge underdogs and had been rated the worst team of all time. Um, and they won that game in front of, pretty much a 99% Queensland crowd. So that was pretty special. But I've been really lucky seeing sport around the world. Obviously, I got to travel with the Reds and, you know, all around Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. So going to games in South Africa is pretty special. Um, Newland Stadium in Cape Town where the Stormers play is um, just absolutely incredible. And then in 2015, um, I lived in London for a year. It was just after I'd finished up with the Reds. I lived over there and it was uh, just a superb year to be there for sport. The Ashes were on. I went to Lords and the Oval. Coincidentally, they were just the two tests that Australia actually won and we got um, spanked in the other three. And I got to go through some rugby contacts. I got to go to every single one of the Wallabies games bar the Welsh pool game. I went to every other Wallabies game um, at the 2015 World Cup, including the quarter, semi and final. So, um, you know, it was good to be there even for the final when we lost. But um, I think my favourite memory of that tournament and those games was the pool game where we beat England and effectively knocked them out of the World Cup. And beating England in England at their World Cup at Twickenham um, and being an Aussie fan in the stands is, is pretty cool.
Yeah, it would have been so good. Yeah. What's the experience been like at Channel 9? Uh, really good, man. I've, I've been really fortunate that um, the first place I got work experience ended up being the first place I got a job and it's the only place I've I've worked for in my media career and they have um, been really supportive for me personally uh, from day dot and um, given me opportunities and I've obviously taken them um, with both hands and and made the most of them but they've backed me with those opportunities and and even still continue to do now with like allowing me to do sort of extracurricular stuff I guess is one way to put it and by that I mean doing a bit of the rugby broadcast um, and other sports broadcasts I've worked on and, and emceeing and hosting events and stuff like that and they're very supportive as long as I can work it in around my main job which is being a sports reporter and backup presenter um they're very supportive in, in allowing me to do those extra things. So, yeah, I can't speak more highly of the place, mate. Yeah, nice. What was your path to being a reporter? Uh, a long and windy one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first left school, I'll try to give, I'll try to give you the abbreviated version. Um, I um, had a year off from study because I'd been a boarder. Um, I went to boarding school for six years. Um, and I'd never really had a job or anything like that and um, been away from home and mum and dad for a long time. So I actually went back, lived at home and just had a job and played footy and had a good time as an 18-year-old and then went back to uni with a little bit of an idea of doing journalism, um, but I didn't get straight into journalism. And um, so I picked some journalism subjects while I was doing a Bachelor of Arts at UQ. And uh, there's just a couple of things about those subjects I really didn't like and it kind of spooked me a bit and I just went away from it. And then I went and did primary education for a little while, um, pulled the pin on that and then went and did PT. I was a personal trainer or studied personal training for a little bit, but that didn't really work out. And then I went and worked in mining um, in central Queensland with my old man for a while. It was, it's probably going back to the Reds that was, um, that instigated I went back there in a completely different role initially was um, like in match day operations and events stuff and then obviously moved into the team management um, area but while I was there they started doing um, their own digital content Reds TV on YouTube and that sort of stuff and I started um, doing some voiceover work for just little videos they were doing about Reds games or different things and I started presenting little videos of um recapping the club rugby um scores and highlights from the week before that kind of wet the appetite um but i didn't like go and chase it formally it wasn't till i was living in london in that 2015 year and i was working in a completely different field i was working in finance at an investment bank and i really really didn't like it mate and i was spending a lot of time um reading sports articles and and all of that stuff and that's something i've always loved i think i said to you previously in messages and I, I absolutely lapped up um, um, sports journalism as a kid and magazines and writing and that sort of stuff. So I was doing that as an adult still. And I thought to myself, I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to go give it a crack. So I'd moved back to Brisbane and started a media and communications degree in 2016 um, at 28 and then got some work experience. I uh, went back to the Reds as a media intern. Um, someone convinced me to do that. And a good friend of mine and then he um unbeknownst to me sent a video of some of my highlights to um channel nine and said this guy wants to do what you do can he come do some work experience and they were like yep 
And yeah, so I did a couple of months work experience and then went back six months later for a little bit of part-time work and that morphed into a full-time sports reporter, presenter job on the Gold Coast. And then uh, that was nine months there and um, back to Brisbane as a sports reporter. And a little bit time later, I started doing presenting again. So I've been pretty fortunate. Um, a lot of people have to go regionally, mate, and like go out to, um, uh, you know, country towns and do journalism out there and work their way back to the city. I sort of skipped that. Um, uh, and as I said, like I just sort of some opportunities were right place, right time. And I've just oh. tried to make the most of them. Nice. What are your goals for the next couple of years in terms of journalism reporting? That's um, uh, I don't have any really clear cut goals just, um, because I find it a little bit, um, it's kind of hard, I think, to really nail down um, really clear things you want to do in this industry because um, while it's a really diverse industry, there's sort of things you want to do or positions you want to hold are um, very few and far between. And often when someone gets, um, you know, um, a high sitting job or, or position or presenter role or something like that, they're there for a long time. So you sort of got to bide your time. Um, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at at the moment. I had a big year last year with 2021. Um, uh, largely ironically because of COVID you know a lot of sport was up mm. here in Queensland and people couldn't travel so yeah. I got to step in and do a lot of um, rugby broadcast and um, some hosting stuff on on stages after big games and that sort of thing so I'd kind of just like to build on that mate um, I'd really like to do more um, sports broadcast if I can more particularly the rugby because I love it so much so if there's opportunity to do more sideline commentating or even hosting um, some of the rugby um, coverage that's that's where I'd um, that's where I'd really like to grow um, this year mate but uh, I probably on a personal level I need to be just a little calmer I get a bit restless if I feel like I'm not going anywhere every six months so I just need to sort of bide my time a bit yeah fair enough though <laughs> yeah. everyone gets a bit restless at times they do mate yeah what's the best word to describe you right now uh, me right now, <laughs> um, geez, that's a great question. Um, my kids would say spiky because of the facial hair. Um, um yeah, man, uh, you really stumped me there. Um, best word to describe me right now is probably, um, lucky. I think I'm just really lucky with where I'm at with work and life and family and stuff. And um, it's important to, I think, acknowledge that as a person, acknowledge where you're at and not sort of always be wanting more or looking elsewhere. Um, just be really grateful for what you got. So I'm, I'm lucky for what I've got. Yeah, nice. What advice would you give to a 13-year-old today wanting to get into the world of journalism? Um. It'd be, don't lose your passion. You obviously love sport and you love talking about it. And that would stem, I imagine, from being a fan. First and foremost, you're a fan of sport or a fan of sports people or a fan of a team. 
and I still am now, you know, like I'm 34 and I'm still a Broncos fan. I've got to temper it a little bit when I report because you've got to be somewhat um, unbiased. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a big sports fan, mate. It doesn't really matter what it is. I love sports. So I, I'm able to get up and get excited about getting up and going and doing what I do because I love sport. I love um, winning and losing. I love moments, highlights, lowlights, all of that stuff. So just remember that you probably started, you know, if you one day get in the media, Max, just remember it started because you love sport. So try your best not to lose that love of sport, even sometimes when the job or covering certain things can get a bit um, um, boring or monotonous or challenging for whatever reason. Just remember at the end of the day, you love sport. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That's all right, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. Keep up the good work. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please leave a like and subscribe or follow if you're on podcasting apps and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks guys.